0: Welcome to The Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon, and today, a very special guest. You know him from Twitter as At Network. His name is Jason Concepcion. He is a staff writer for TheRinger.com, and he joins us today. Hey, Jason.
1: Let's do this.
0: <laughs> First, let me ask you about the uh, the Twitter handle. You are a mysterious man. Yeah. Um, it took very serious sure. negotiations for you to agree to even come on this podcast. Um, That's right. For,
1: We're not allowed to talk about those.
0: I want to know about the genesis of your Twitter name, at
1: Network. It's my, it's my Xbox Live uh, gamer tag. Really? I've had for 11, 12 years now, yeah. Uh, it's just my gamer tag. And then so when I needed a Twitter handle, it was the first thing that came to mind.
0: Why did you replace? I wasn't, think-
1: I wasn't yet thinking about brand synergy. You know, that hadn't yet occurred to me, but I see the importance of it now.
0: Is the O replaced with a 3 because at network with a O would was not available, or was that just the way your gamer tag always was, so that's what you signed up for?
1: And part of it was it wasn't available, so I just added the 3, which is a common gamer thing to replace vowels with numbers, various letters with numbers. T's become sevens. Eyes become ones and so on.
0: Do you play video games every day?
1: No, no, no. Not anymore. Okay. At one point in my life, yes, for sure. Like every day. But you know, now it's like I mostly keep it restrained to Fridays.
0: Do you still have the same but, tag? Yeah. have people from have people oh, yeah. that know you from the internet found you on Xbox Live and been like, hey, are you that guy oh, from yeah. Twitter?
1: That happens every week. That happened just a few days ago when I was in a game. Someone sent me a message like, ask the maester. Like, yeah, it's me. And then Jason. I'll go on Twitter like after a game and be like, I just played with you, dude. You were trash or whatever, you know. All right, let's fun. Get... That is fun. That's kind of fun.
0: The season is almost upon us, Jason. We are uh, just a, a less than two weeks away. I want to go back to an article I that you wrote it. for The Ringer a couple weeks ago, which is the hipster teams. And you went through and you chronicled all the different hipster teams throughout the years, right? Not necessarily the most popular teams or the teams that everybody likes, but what hardcore basketball fans or in-the-know fans right. they decide is their favorite team. And I'm not going to go through all the teams that you went through over time. I, sure. I'm most interested in who you think is the hipster team now. And you said it's the T-Wolves. Was there anybody – first – All right, first explain to me why the T-Wolves are the hipster team.
1: Well, it's uh, young players, uh, unproven young players that are really exciting to watch. I think Chris Dunn is, like, uh, he's either going to put up highlights every night or have nine turnovers a game. Uh, I mean, if, you know, assuming Thibodeau gives him that much run. But they've just got, like, young, exciting players. Zach Levine scored 30 the other night in a loss. Uh, Carl Anding Towns, the best young big band since Tim Duncan. It's just, they're just a really fun team and they're all like 23 ish years old. Um, so it's, for me, a hipster team is a team where their potential and their on court style um, supersedes their actual ability to win games. It's kind of like that hopeful honeymoon period where you're willing to overlook like guys being terrible at defense because they're just the, – the potential they have is just so mind-boggling. Um, like Devin Booker is a guy like this who's like, you know, just incredible to watch. Looks like he could be the future of the two-guard position, but also he can't really like, guard anybody. Um, but you don't care because he's 20. Um, those, those are the teams I like. Those are the guys I like. You know, especially in the NBA where it's like you, you pretty much know – who's going to win the championship every year. You know?
0: Did you even consider anybody else besides the T-Wolves? Yeah. Who? Uh,
1: I I mean, I looked at Philly just because Embiid, you know, is coming back. But I really, you know, uh, the Trailblazers a little bit. But I really do think it's T-Wolves serve far and away, just because, like, the ages. I thought about the Bucks. Uh, but it's really, it's me, it's the T-Wolves. Because the Bucs, it's really, it's more just Giannis. Whereas the T-Wolves, they have, a, they have several guys. And it's even more intriguing with Thibodeau taking over, you know. They could take a leap, theoretically.
0: You mentioned Embiid. I saw him uh, in person the other night, uh, Tuesday night, for the first time. Yeah. He is going to be unbelievable. Like, if he he's not in great shape yet, right? And he's just, like, you know, he's on the NBA floor for the first time. But he is one of those that when you see him, like, you get it immediately. Because I've been a little skeptical. He's missed the first couple years, whatever. But, I mean, Zebo comes in there, and it's almost like a rite of passage when you come through Memphis and Marc Gasol leans on you and Zebo leans on you, and you catch those first couple of elbows – and a lot of guys just become like shrinking violets. No man, this guy was like fighting right back. I'm like, holy mackerel, this guy is gonna be ridiculous. Cause he's cause he's kinda goofy off the court, right? If you follow him on social media. That's what and, I love about him. And whatnot, but he is That's not he's I not to be trifled him. with.
1: No. I mean what do you have like thirteen and five in like twelve minutes against right. Zebo and Marcus Gasol, He's <laughs> yeah. gonna be good. He's gonna oh, yeah. be good, and the thing I and this is really what I love about him is like he was on Chandler Parsons' Instagram before the game talking about I'm gonna cook your ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did say he was gonna cook his ass with with, with yeah. absolutely with, with absolutely no recognition that Chandler Parsons isn't playing. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, that's what's like perfect about it. <laughs> it didn't even like matter. He's walking into it. A- it doesn't matter. He's walking into a team that won, like, freaking, you know, no games, basically, over the last three years. He's been injured. Uh, and he's taken shots at people who aren't even going to play in the game. It's fantastic. He's a, he's a man-child. I'm so excited for him. I really hope he stays healthy because, yeah, when, when you watch him, you're like, it really is like Elijah Wan with three-point range. You know what I mean? Like, that really is what it is. It's crazy.
0: A little side note, um, that that Embiid that that MB'd Instagram post was outstanding. I will tell you that mining when you see Chan, Chandler Parsons has, I think, probably the best Instagram comments underneath <laughs> his. <laughs> hey, listen to this. So he signs with the, he signs with the Grizzlies in the offseason, Jason. Yeah, the guy is like. So of course I start following him every day. It's like hanging out with the boys at some awesome club. Then it's like in a different yeah. exotic beach supermodel the whole nine right like the guy I'm like living vicariously through him okay and so finally one day it's like the fourth or fifth day in a row that there's another exotic beach and a supermodel like on his on his Instagram feed right and I pull it up and the first comment underneath it says bruh are you ever in a gym you're gonna average eight points a game." (laughs) And people like because every other NBA player, it's like you know, on the stairmaster or running around, or they're always like you know, filming all their workouts and whatnot. No, it was always like a club. It was like the beach. It was like girls the whole nine. And so his Instagram feed like is perfect for comments. Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes left one. Uh, there's people can go back and look at this for whatever reason. Chandler Parsons elicits this, Jason. So uh, it, Parsons puts up this Instagram thing where he's standing in front of the Staples Center and he's going to the Adele concert, right? But he shows <laughs> up to the Adele concert yeah. a week earlier. Like it's it's a week before the actual concert, so there's nobody there, right? And so he just kind of posts, he's standing in front of the Staples Center, thought, thought the concert was this week, it's actually next week, whatever. If you go to that post and you scroll down... You will find one from Matt Barnes that says, ha, 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 ha you dickhead.
1: <laughs> well, Whatever. Part of it is just like, is he, it's fantastic. I Do you have any, you got to have some like inside Parsons stories by now, no?
0: No, not that. He's just been around. I mean, uh, <sighs> he, he is the ultimate. Well, he's got, he's got white boy Wednesdays going on. So he has the, uh. He gets the locker, or he gets the weight room on Wednesday. And, you know, they're usually playing, you know, with Tony and Zebo and all these guys. It's always, like, Future or Gucci or whoever, right? It's bangers. Um, Parsons, if you go to, like, Spotify and click Browse and you click Fun Workout, like there's, like, a workout thing, right, like a tab? Yeah, I'm aware of it. Okay, it's called Fun Workout. Parsons puts that on in the weight room every Wednesday, and it's like Sia and Ariana Grande and chain smokers and whatnot, right? Like that's, that's like that's been his impact so far, is that he has White Boy Wednesday in the, but everybody loves him. He's like a he's like a basketball Gronk or something, right? Like he's just everybody. Yeah, well,
1: lo- he's like I mean I I coined the the phrase the uh, Chandler Parsons orgy suite. <laughs> As, as a way of quantifying his ability to woo free agents with, you know, multi-day pitch meetings. Uh, he's just one of those dudes who's just like a good time dude. I like Mark Cuban getting him to sign in a club was the great, like that's the microcosm of Chandler Parsons. That is like they were in a club signing a contract. It's Beautiful.
0: All right, so our hipster team for this year is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, let me get into yesterday, Paul Pierce, and this headline that went around everywhere, it said, I'll always be remembered as a Celtic. Uh, and then he said he wants to retire a Celtic. He owes it to himself and his fans. Of course, he played those 15 seasons in Boston. And it got me thinking, it is weird to see Paul Pierce in any kind of different uniform. Yeah. And, you know, Duncan's gone. Kobe's gone. Uh, guys that were with one team for so many years. And so I went and looked up the longest tenured guys with one team now are Nick Collison, 12 years, uh, Udonis Haslam, 13 years, Ginobili, 14 years, Parker, 15 years, and then Dirk Nowitzki, uh, who's got everybody by three years, 18 years in Dallas. There's only five guys in the entire NBA that have been with a team over a decade. Which of those would be most weird to see in another uniform?
1: Oh, it's Dirk, no question, right? I think so. I guess it, it, I guess it would be a three-way tie, really, between Manu, Dirk, and, and Tony. Although, just because of the name recognition, Udonis, I think, it's really hard. Udonis, because of the roots he has in Miami, is like basically the mayor of the Heat. Uh, so I think it would be shocking for Heat fans if he went somewhere else. Um, but I don't know if it would make that much of a ripple nationally. But I think nationally, um, for the NBA sports fan at large, I think it would be Dirk, followed by Tony and Manu. Um, Nick Collison, I think. I think people would be shocked to, to know that Nick Collison is still playing. No well, shots, he- <laughs> at my guy, Nick Collison.
0: Here's the insane thing, Jason. Collison is 12 years. There is a drop-off from Collison, and then the next guy that's been with the team the longest is Mike Conley with the Grizzlies, nine years. So there is that's nobody crazy. that has been with the team 10 or 11 years.
1: I mean, it's really – that really gives you an idea of what the NBA is like today, really. With the new CBA and stuff, it's just, you know – when it's time to move guys, GMs are much, uh, you know, much less uh, romantic about it. And they'll move guys. You know, it's like think about Danny Ainge blowing up the big three. Um, dudes will get moved. I, I, you just, it's, it's really surprising, really, that Dirk hasn't been moved when you think about it. Because he's a guy that, um, if he wanted it, could have gone somewhere else to chase the ring. He can still, he can still hit that mid range shot, shot, still hit threes. Um Udonis and Nick, though, are, are interesting in that they kind of play that role of, the, you know, the guy who carries the torch of a franchise's culture. Um, really interesting careers, those two guys.
0: Ginobili, Parker, Dirk. Those are three longest tenured. Any chance we ever see any of them in a different uniform?
1: There's No way. I can't see it. I can't no way. I mean, the Spurs, the, the way they do things that is, you basically feel like Tony and Manu will retire at some point and then will, if they want it, move right into the Spurs organization. Uh, Dirk, you kind of feel like if, when he retires, we'll just kind of fade away and never be seen again. Um but I, I can't see it. I can't see that that ever happening. Maybe Udonis and Nick is some kind of weird trade ballast in a deal that like has to happen, you know, to make the salaries match. But I, I can't see any of these guys moving. Just where they are in their careers. You know.
0: Is there anybody else like uh, like Pierce that like it? Obviously matters to him that he goes back and he says, "I always want to be remembered a Celtic. Right. I want to retire as a Celtic." Is there anybody else that you would want to see go back to their team to retire as a member of their team? Like, they're no longer there. Like, do we uh, care about Wade, you know, like at some point, you know, retiring a, a member of the Miami Heat? Is there anybody in the NBA that you think it's just not right if they retire as a member of uh, of whatever team they're on now?
1: I think Wade is the obvious one. Wade is the guy. I mean, that was shocking, wasn't it? Yes. Like, I was really – did not – I did not believe that he would actually go somewhere.
0: It's still weird um, to see him. Somewhere. Every time I see him on TV in a Bulls jersey, it just
1: it doesn't feel right. It's bizarre. <laughs> it is so weird. Um and man, it just speaks to the ruthlessness of Pat Riley. Uh this off season. And what about him uh not he's not going to wave Bosch until Bosch can't join another playoff team. I mean, it's like the dude is just ruthless. Um yeah. It, it Wade, you'd like to see him go back. I, I, that makes sense. He obviously should retire. He, I mean, he will. He'll retire his jersey. He'll be there. I can't see a situation where that doesn't happen unless, you know, things between him and the organization were just so acrimonious that, you know, it can't happen. But he's, he's the one you think of immediately, no? I think so, too.
0: For sure, yes. Let me list the guys that are after Conley. So I started with that Conley list. All right, here's the other guys that have been with their team the longest. Mike Conley, nine years. Uh, eight years for Brooke Lopez, DeAndre Jordan, Mark Gasol, Russell Westbrook. Seven years for DeMar DeRozan, Todd Gibson. How about that one? And Steph Curry. Of those I just named, Conley, Lopez, Jordan, Mark Gasol, Westbrook, DeRozan, Taj, Steph Curry. Of those guys, most likely that they would play their entire career out with one franchise?
1: I think Conley and Russ. Conley just means so much to that team. He's like really the heart and brain. You could speak to this much better than I could, but it just feels like Mike Conley – is like the embodiment, part of the embodiment of the, of the culture of the Grizzlies. I remember like the uproar when he signed his first extension. It was like, wow, Mike Conley, how much? And he's been so important to that to development of that team, and him and Gasol, like they're you know like they're brothers on the court. I can't see him going anywhere. Well, they've uh, got this weird, what? they've got
0: this weird thing where they have like always talked about how cool it would be to play their entire like – they've got that uh, – some some guys just don't feel that way, right? But they've always, like, right. openly talked about how cool it would be for them both to play their entire careers out with one franchise. And, like, I mean, seemingly, listen, they both – they've gotten max contracts back-to-back years, so it's not implausible by any means.
1: Yeah, and Russ, you know, future uh, Oklahoma City Hall of Fame member, Russ, I, I think he'll stay just because – Really? I mean, there's, there's so much riding on his shoulders right now. And he just, you know, like, he's such an embodiment of rage on the court that I feel like um, he's obviously got a huge chip on his shoulder. I'd, I'd love to see him just go out and try and prove the world wrong, even though I kind of feel like secretly he's going to have a bad year.
0: You think we'll never see so him in a different people. uniform? You think we'll never see Westbrook in a I, different uniform?
1: Yeah, I think, I think this is just, you know, theorizing. Right. But I feel like he was really aggrieved by the KD thing, and I think, he, I think it would mean a lot to him to just, like, shove it in everybody's face that he stayed there and they won a championship. I don't think that will ever happen. But I think that, I think that he'll stay there for his whole career.
0: We're not far away from the season. Well, what? Go ahead.
1: Oh, well, this is discounting Presti uh, cutting the cord, which is a thing that can happen. I guess, you know, that's the the thing you can never count on.
0: Seasons uh, right around the corner. Me and Jason Concepcion are going to give you five guys we are super interested in for the upcoming season after these words. It's finally basketball season. Where are you watching the games? At a crusty old sports bar crammed onto your friend's couch, you can do better with sling tv watch nba games on your terms and your turf the sling orange service has hoops on espn and tnt plus more live tv on top networks all for 20 bucks a month no long-term contracts no hidden fees start watching for seven days for free at sling.com backslash ringer nba sling.com backslash ringer nba restrictions apply We are also brought to you by Cabbage. As a business owner, you know you need to access capital to grow, but getting that capital can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. Access your line from a phone or a computer, you'll get a decision in minutes, and you can start using your funds immediately. There are no fees to set up your line, and you only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com backslash business today and get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's cabbage with a K, cabbage.com backslash business. All right, Jason, we're going to give our five guys we're super interested in for this upcoming season. Let's go uh, one at a time. You want to start or you want me to?
1: Yeah. All
0: right. I'll start.
1: I'll I'll start. All right, go ahead. Um, I picked picked all young guys pretty much. Uh, I'm going to go first with Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, at point guard just because you know, when he, when they moved him to point guard last year, that was one of the most fun subplots of the NBA season. Just seeing a guy that size, that spidery, um, running an offense and, you know, like the passes he makes, he's not like a, he's not like a visionary passer. He makes a simple pass often, but he can just see over everybody. Uh, and it's just beautiful, man. The bucks are going to put out some just bizarre, huge tentacle like lineups. And he is a guy that, uh, I am very excited to watch
0: it all. All right, I'll actually piggyback off that because one of mine was Jabari Parker. Um, and this is the reason. Jabari Parker, he averaged like 14-5 and five last year, but it's his third year in the league. I I was a huge Jabari Parker fan coming out of Duke. Like I thought the guy was going to be amazing, like an all-star for sure. Um, and there was like that whole debate, you remember, going on with him and Andrew Wiggins? And yep. Wiggins has obviously ascended – much quicker than Parker because he lost that whole first rookie year. And so I guess with Parker, I'm sitting there going, all right, is he ever going to get to become – I kind of feel like this is going to be the year, if I was right on him, and if he is going to be an awesome NBA player, I kind of feel like we'll get all the signs this year, right? Because we're now two years removed from the injury. And maybe – I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because maybe he was never going to be amazing or maybe – that injury or the injuries that he has had, the knee injuries that um, that would be prevent him like would have stagnated the growth or whatever, and he's just never going to get to become whatever his ceiling was at one point. I don't know where are you at on Parker.
1: I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be a like a star level player. I think he'll be a sub star, the kind of player where he, he's say, you know your third option on your team you can have an elite team. Um, he's got like, he's slashed more athleticism, I think, than I was prepared for coming back from the injury. I mean, I like him. Part of it is just like that. The the roster they have is, is just weird. It's a weird fit. There's not a lot of space for guys to operate, you know, because they don't have, they didn't have anybody that shoot three pointers. Um, so it's just real clog down there. I like him though. I do like him.
0: All right. Well, we've got, and the, also,
1: I also like that. He's basically a shut in.
0: Like he doesn't go out?
1: Yeah, he's like, have you seen that? There's a Reddit thread. There's a Reddit thread that's like, does does uh, does Jabari Parker have friends? You what? should check it out. Is that the they name? Just check it? it out. It's funny.
0: I'm writing it down yeah. in my notes. It's all right. It does Jabari Parker have friends? Yeah. Right, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look this up. I I was unprepared for this research. I didn't know this. Is that that's a that's a thing that Jabari Parker doesn't have friends?
1: It's a, it's a thing. Who knew? All right.
0: So we have named two bucks so far. Shout out to Milwaukee. Who's your next guy?
1: Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy I mentioned previously, uh, Devin Booker, who looks like he's in a boy band. Looks like he could be about 12 years old. Uh, I think he's either 20 or about to turn 20, but he's like the future of the point guard position. Incredible scorer, um, ability to handle the ball kind of flashed a little bit of post-ability, just like a really mature offensive game for a guy who looks like a zygote, essentially, Um, and he's been just scoring like the blazes in the preseason. Um, Very exciting uh, young player, plays well with Knight. That's a fun backcourt. I like him.
0: Let me me tell you this. This guy, uh, Booker, he talks crazy too because I'm – He does? Oh, God. Hey up in Tony Allen and Matt Barnes's face last year. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like I love that. I'm like are you crazy? I'm t- <laughs> Hey, I'm serious. Hey, both of them like just talking crazy to them. Like and then when they were on the sideline, he'd run over to the bench talking crazy and I'm like, "What?" Devin Booker like what he kind is of stuff? Like you know, like the you can't guard me, f you, f that, you know, just, like trash talking I for love real. It. And, I mean, I'm I'm like, wait, hold on. And I think it took them by surprise, honestly, right? (laughs) Because they're veterans. Yeah, because
1: this, like, like, eight-year-old is talking to them. I know. (laughs) Right?
0: And he'd come over. He'd hit another shot. He'd come over barking at them on the bench. And I'm like, good grief, man. Do you know who you're yelling at? Cause you know, like the idea that Matt Barnes it. wouldn't just kick your ass in the middle of the court is not like, <laughs> like what are we talking about? Like, guy like guy like went through his own house to beat the crap out of Derek Fisher. Like I I don't know, man. Like he's not the guy I'd be barking at. Whatever. I
1: love it. I mean, this is what I love about this kid.
0: No, he's, he's super arrogant. Don't know any better? No, no, he is super yeah. arrogant. Super arrogant. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love it. All right. He's like next-
1: baby, baby Kobe.
0: Next guy on my list was Gordon Hayward and this is why. Cuz Gordon Hayward was really good last year, right? 20 point per game, you know, yes. 5 rebounds, 4 assists. He's 43% from the field, 35% from 3. But the reason that Gordon Hayward I'm super interested in is because I don't know if you if you felt this, Jason. Everybody is in love with the Jazz. They like there's a lot of people yes. that have been Well, this like, is
1: for several years now.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, so they love the Jazz, right? Everybody loves the Jazz. They've got the Jazz picked super high this year. Think they're going to be Okay, if that's the case, he's their best player. Would you say he's the best player? Is that generally widely yes, he's considered? Their best player. Okay. So is Gordon Hayward the best player on an awesome team? That's what that's why I'm interested.
1: Uh well, I think it... here's the thing about the Jazz though. It's not uh they're kind of in that trailblazers mold from the, like the early 2000s trailblazers team where they didn't, I mean, they had Sheed who was like freaking incredible, but like, you know, it's like guys that are all very good, but none of them rise to the level of star and, and all the pieces kind of fit together where, you know, if you just kind of look at it, you project out, you think, okay, these guys are going to be, you know, at least a cohesive, very good team. I think, Part of the reason people are so high on them is defensively, the potential is like off the charts, obviously. And they, ha- and they have every piece. You know, they have shooting, they have rim protection, they can move the ball, uh, Exum, ba- Exum is back. They have that d- dynamic perimeter play. It's just a question of like how how good are they really? You know, it's like it's very Hoxian in that way. It's like who do you throw the ball to if when the chips are down? Um, I mean, I like them. I, I need to see it though, because I was an early. I was one of these guys. like, oh, they're going to win. They're going to make the playoffs this year, and then they didn't. And I, I did that two years in a row. So now I just need to see it from them.
0: Who does? Who, who does get the ball with the game on the line?
1: It's Hayward, right? It's got to be. It's got to be Hayward. Yeah, or George Hill. I mean, it's, it's Hayward.
0: Who's your third guy?
1: My son and and Savior Kristaps Porzingis. Chris Stapps Porzing is seven foot three, shoots threes, blocks shots. He's the god. It moves, you know, with a fluidity that really belies his, like, you know, ginormous uh, size. He looks like at times, you know, those, what do are, what are they call those, like, balloon men that they have, like, at the used car lot that, like, blows around? Like, that's <laughs> what he looks like. But he moves. Uh, Watching him in the preseason, I just wish he would kind of go for the throat a little bit more. He's like, he's a great teammate. He's passing the ball wonderfully. I just wish when he was open that he would just really just struggle things. But I'm really like, if 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 all of the Knicks like got Zika, the only one I would care about is Kristaps Porzingis.
0: Oh, stop it already.
1: He's the only one. That's not exactly true. I mean, it's, listen. I love. I love. You know. I love my team. But he's the future. He's the future of the team. Like he's the only player that matters for them. Five years out.
0: How does a local New York car dealer not have a blow up Kristaps Porzingis? Might have been my. Favorite you gotta have one team. of those.
1: Like I, sp- I would assume you have to get it licensed or something like that. Oh, I love my just, guy, and then, just, like even I understand that New Yorkers have a tendency to overhype things. I love Kristaps Porzingis. I'm so excited about him.
0: Is there three NBA players you have ever loved more
1: than <laughs> Kristaps Porzingis? Yes. yes, but yes. but at the same time, like you understand, the Knicks never—they don't have rookies like this. First of all, we rarely have rookies. You know, it's like when when do we keep our draft picks? Like not that often you know it's like who's the best rookie in the last say 10 years before him freaking like david lee uh, you know like i'm very excited about this
0: next one next one for me is blake griffin just hear me out Ooh. it's because yeah, this sure. cause this could be the end of the, i, I, I like it it would not be crazy for this to be the last blake griffin clippers year Last year was a disaster. He beat the hell out of the trainer guy, right? Broke his hand. (laughs) Then he he was unavailable for the playoffs. They still were good without him, right? Um, You know, it's coming down to the end of the contract. There are people that actually think that, like, Oklahoma City, weirdly, would have a chance at him because, you know, from there, right? Played college there or whatever. So I I don't know. That wouldn't be that outlandish. And God forbid you ever get Russ and him teaming up on a team athletically, especially if they – were able to keep the yeah. depot or whatever and i don't know what he would do in free agency and i don't know if the clippers would just say you know what we've done this enough with the whole chris paul and deandre and blake and there's a ceiling that like we just need something different or and and it would seem like he would probably be the guy that would be on the move so i guess i'm I, the reason i'm interested in him is because does he finish the season out there and if he does do that or if he does you know is he gone in the offseason and if he does like is this kind of like the last chance the Clippers have if they're gonna make a run because at this point I I don't know I don't know what planning's like in the Western Conference now after Durant went to the Warriors Right. right uh and so I don't I don't know if they would pivot on that whatever and last season was such a disaster so just the whole what's gonna happen with Blake intrigues me
1: let me just say this about Blake: I don't think that he ever goes any place that doesn't have a vibrant uh, improv scene. It, like, if there's not a good comedy club in Oklahoma City, he's never going to go there. He's going to go somewhere where there's a UCB theater, and that he that he can walk into on a like open mic Wednesday, and you know get into some improv games. That's just my read on Blake Griffin. The,
0: here would be the thing, though, Jason: he may not have a choice. <laughs>
1: It's true. No, That's sorry. true.
0: Like he doesn't get to. You don't get to choose where you get traded all the time.
1: That's true. That's all true. Right. I mean, they should. I think they should. If he's not going to leave, they should keep it together. You know, you're close, and just hope that Golden State, like a meteor, hits the arena or something. Or Zika. Yeah.
0: Your fourth guy.
1: Oh, my next guy, uh, Carl Anthony Town. Uh, you know, he's he's young Duncan combined with young KG, the fact that he got to get a a year's worth of mentoring under KG, Uh, just the way that he can cover guys on defense, like all the way out to the three-point line, Uh, his intelligence, how crafted his all-around game is, you know, inside, outside, face-up, post-up, shoot threes, Uh, he is Freaking ridiculous, and I'm sad that we're not talking about Anthony Davis in the same way. But you know, it's like I feel like uh, probably Anthony Towns, knock on wood, just seems like the sturdier version of that Anthony Davis hybrid future big man. Uh, very excited for him, and very excited for the hipster Timberwolves.
0: I came on. I came on the first podcast I did though, this NBA podcast with Kevin O'Connor. And uh, one of the things that I said I felt alone on was that Anthony Davis is the best, is still the best young player in the NBA. And then, of course, I'm reading last night he's got a grade two ankle sprain. Yep. I swear.
1: Relentless. Yeah,
0: Relentless. Bad.
1: You know, Davis. I really like him. He seems brittle.
0: Yep. All right, my fourth guy is Boogie Cousins. And here's the reason. <laughs> he's ridiculously talented, right? This is yeah. now six coaches. Six. He has played for Paul Westphal. He has played for Keith Smart. He has played for Mike Malone. He has played for Tyrone Corbin. He has played for George Carl. And now a guy that I just covered for the last five years, Dave Yeager. Um, Because at what point is it maybe a a boogie issue? Their roster is ridiculous. They've drafted like six centers. (laughs) right like they they went they took some guy that uh you know in the in a lottery i can't i can't even pronounce the guy's name
1: the um, greek the greek the greek kid yes, I, yes. my theory in the, my theory on that is vladi owes like some serbian greek gangster like a lot of money or something I, <laughs> Just, to- you know, it's weird
0: it's totally plausible totally plausible um But they, you know, and then they took Abyssier like, towards the end. So it's just another center. they got, like, six centers. They've got, like, you know, the point guard thing's weird. Rudy Gay, you know, wants out, I guess, already. And so, like, the whole thing, I get that it's all a mess, but just in terms of, like, Boogie and how he does now under Jaeger, a sixth head coach, and then at what point, like, like, how many coaches can he go through? Seriously. Like, and do we put any of it on the, is Boogie in your mind at all responsible for the fact that he has had now six coaches?
1: Yeah, I would. On some level, yes. I mean, and also just, you know, you're around the league. Like you hear like these whispers of like how caustic Boogie is, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, It's got to play into it at the same time. It's like that is, that is a franchise that, you know has no leadership it's just chaotic i mean you read the uh the Vivek interviews with Sam Amick. I'm, I'm assuming like it just seems just seems like a rudderless ship over there and so you know it's it's hard to put all of it on boogie but yeah he's he's some of it is on him like he just takes plays off at times
0: like at what year do we get playoff boogie cousins Look, I mean, it's going to be like, uh,
1: what, 8 listen, years hey
0: 10 years into his career
1: this is going to be he's going to be like the, the Abdul Rahim of his generation, the guy uh, that just never gets to the playoffs until I don't know, like his 12th or 13th year.
0: Well, here's one of the things, you know, when he first came out, there was a lot of people that did the Zebo stuff and said yeah. I you know, I, I love him now, crazy talent. I'd I really will love him in 8 or 10 years. And it's wild the way that played out, right? Because Zebo's yeah. playoffs and playoff exploits weren't until eight or 10 years, right? He's a grown up guy. You know, he's a, a totally different human being than he was when he was young. Um, and I wonder if that's the same kind of trajectory. Like, we don't actually see big playoff moments from Demarcus Cousins until he's been in the league for a decade, you know? Certainly doesn't look yeah, like they're getting that's to the a playoffs.
1: Good corollary, especially you look, you look at the team Zebo played with. Before he came to the Grizzlies, I mean, it was like a chaotic situation in New York. He went to the Clippers. It wasn't a great fit. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, if, well, if, DeMarcus when he was young, is around solid people, a solid team, let's see what happens. Well, and even when he was young,
0: yeah, because was Zebo, right? Yeah. When he was young, he got to play with that Portland team that was awesome, but then it turned into the jailblazers, you know, and then he plays right. for Isaiah Thomas's Knicks and he plays for Mike Dunleavy's Clippers. I mean he was on like some of the worst teams ever. <laughs> like really, worst yeah. teams ever. All right, so uh Boogie Cousins is my last one, or uh, my fourth one. Your fifth one. Guys, you're super interested in this upcoming season.
1: Uh I want to scream but I'm not sure that Tate has like the mic levels right. Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. My guy drinks two pitchers of Shirley Temple mix a day and is Hakeem Olajuwon in the future. I am very excited about my guy, Joel Embiid. I'm excited about his social media presence. I'm excited about his all-around ridiculous level of skill. Uh, I'm excited to watch him play along with two other centers that all are wondering why each of them are all on the same team together. Uh, I'm super like I'm ready for Embiid. I'm ready for this guy.
0: I'll tell you this, those guys like they um the when when he was in town I tried to get him on the podcast. That's true. I requested <laughs> Hey, because of the ringer stuff, right? Like y'all had done all that stuff yeah. with the, uh, Embiid, whatever. Sarquest, you wouldn't believe like his media availability. He he does not talk at shoot around. He is only talking wow. pre hey, this is the preseason, Jason. They've only got him talking during pregame and that's it. And I don't know if it's because he would just talk no matter what like, I I I don't, I don't really get it, right? He's coming back after 2 years. I mean, I mean, come on, they win like 8 games a year. What? Like it's not LeBron right. I'm trying to talk to here. Um, but it was kind of odd. Like you don't see you don't see a lot of restrictions on on guys media availability. And I don't know if that's because he's kind of goofy, I don't know if it's because You know, he's just trying to get back in the flow of things. I don't know. But, I mean, the guy is obviously, like, totally hilarious. I wish I could have gotten it to work out. But he does very little, like, media-wise. Like, even in the preseason. The season hasn't even started yet. Because that's why I thought we had a shot at him.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much of that is just trying to temper expectations. Because, you know, people are just super excited about him. I mean, this is a guy that, when he was drafted, they were talking about being a revolutionary player. Um, and honestly, well, with, with his quotes, uh, his quotes know, with, with, with
0: could be some, amazing, right? Like, he
1: is that type of guy. His quotes will be absolute. Yes. Like, his 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 social media quotes are off the chain. This is a guy who's, like, you know, kicking it to Kim K. This guy's crazy. <laughs> I love this guy. He was injured and in doing that. I love the Doyle Indeed.
0: My last one is a guy you wrote about. Dwight Howard. And you wrote for the banana yeah. boat for the uh for the NBA preview. You wrote about Dwight Howard and his last stand. Coincidentally, I got to see him in person last week. He is it's very jarring A to see him wearing number eight. It just looks weird. I don't know why. But I guess I'm just used to it not seeing him wear number eight. But he wears number eight. He looked in crazy great shape. Like yeah. Unbelievable, yes. Now, he's all—he's never a guy that you, like, show up to. He always looks like he's cut out of granite. But I just i thought on first glimpse um, he looked great in the game that I saw him. Now, again, who knows? It's preseason. But he was, like, really trying, and he just looked to be in great shape to me. You wrote about the, this guy is a – I don't want to say pariah, but he's certainly an enigma. One of the things you mentioned in your article was, you know, it's obviously odd – have to have you, you talk about basketball-wise and how is he a pick-and-roll guy, is he a post-up guy, and you had all those different right. quotes about him. But also the idea that he went on TNT. This guy is one of the great players of the generation, and basically he's got to go on TNT to try to make people like him again or like him at all. He's like rather unlikable, I think, to most NBA fans. So what, I am super intrigued on if he's still – Awesome, I guess is the word. I'm. I don't know. Like, he's not like superstar level. Like people, I will tell you, do not buy tickets to go see Dwight Howard anymore. They just don't. Yes. They used to buy tickets to go see Dwight Howard when Orlando would come. They'd say, "I got to go see him." He's not that level guy, but can he still be one of the best centers uh, and possibly players in the league? What do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, if he's st- like. Uh, the thing that about the post-ups is it's not necessarily like don't throw it to Dwight in the post. Like when it, his home debut, I forgot how many points he scored, maybe 20. He scored like 11 of 15 or something in the, in his home opener against the Cavaliers in the preseason. And I think he only had like maybe two post-ups, and they were all just quick. Get the ball, one dribble, do something. Uh, it's when you like have a lot of them, and it's like standing there and looking around, and the ball doesn't either – go in the hoop right away or doesn't go back out to a shooter. Um, And it's, you know, it's like his weird preoccupation with just being that nineties style banger that just gets the ball all the time in the post. That's really kind of um, overridden. What is really in a very effective player, like, you know, he's just like, he was absolutely devastating in the pick and roll as a young player. He still is very good in the pick and roll as a young player. Um, His post-ups are like reasonably okay reasonably efficient, like I think it's just like just under like a point per possession, Uh, but it's like, he's just an absolutely, like it's weird how divisive he is for how great he is Um, and I think when you look at a guy who has basically burned a bridge every time he's left a team at some point, you know, this is like the boogie thing, only there's been four teams now and it's so you've got to say it's got to be the guy. He's just one of the most interesting players. And he's still good. Like, he's still an effective player. They need re- The Hawks need rebounding. Um, but, you know, like, is he going to give up this preoccupation with wanting to just get in in the post all the time? And, and you know, Schroeder is a player who plays a lot of pick and roll. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that develops.
0: He has also pulled off nearly the impossible, which is the guy that smiles all the time but people don't like. Yeah. It is hard to be a yeah. smiler. Like generally, like you're most of the time you see him, the guy smiling. Yet, people usually like guys that smile. But it, I don't know. Can you think of anybody else that smiles all the time that people
1: don't like? Well, I mean, part of it there's like there's like a, a there's a there's a, just a hint of disingenuousness with it. With, oh, you with don't Dwight, think he's you know? legitimately
0: like smiling? You don't think he's legitimately? I just
1: smiling. think like no, it's like there's a there's a there's a tension to him as a as a player and his like public personality that I think comes through. And part of it is like how confident overconfident at times in the way he wants to play. Uh, and that, and then he'll follow up statements like, Oh, I need to dominate, blah, 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 with like whining about not getting the ball enough. And then he smiles in situations where it seems like weird that you would smile there. And you know, it's just like, there's, I wrote this in the piece. Like he com he combines confidence and insecurity in a way that's just kind of like off-putting. It's strange. You know, it's like weird that, and he's just very, it seems like he's very, you can influence him very easily. I mean, like he really became crazed about like getting the ball in the low post after Shaq ripped him. Like when he went to the Lakers about him being a pick and roll guy. Um, but yeah, like there's there's a there's a lack of decisiveness and I think that's the thing that is weird about him. Like it's another thing I wrote in the piece. It's like, you know, we see guys who just jack up shots all the time and they want their shot and they and they jack it up and they're bad shots and people will complain about that, but at the same time, you know, like you're used we're used to that in a way because that's just a guy who's like super confident. Whereas Dwight's game is reaction he seems like he's reacting to uh, this awareness that people perceive him in a certain way, and it's the same thing with the smiling, where it's like, oh, it's like, this is how you be a star. This is how I'll I'll be a celebrity, um, and it's just weird. You know, it's like offputting. It's just strange.
0: I was trying to jog my memory as you were talking about the whole smiling bit. You know who came to my mind? Anne Hathaway. People kind of turned on her too, right? She's always <laughs> she's always smiling, and people kind of turned on her,
1: right? Because they like when you. Well, say- I'm, here, I'm here for Anne. I'm here for Anne Hathaway. I am no, I ride for Anne Hathaway.
0: When you said it was, like, disingenuous, like, I think,
1: listen, I like Anne Hathaway, too.
0: I got no problem with Anne Hathaway. But I'm saying, like, you know how, like, it kind of turned on her. Everybody loved her, and then they didn't love her anymore. And then it was kind of right. like, I, you know, it kind of came off fake, right, that she was smiling all the time, I guess. I don't know. So what I'm trying to say is Dwight Howard's exactly yeah, I think like Anne Hathaway.
1: There's like a – a, the Hathaway thing is a little different because I think there's like a – there's a perception that celebs can put out, like – where they want it too much and it's too obvious that they want it too much, like you win an award and it's like, yes, I've been dreaming about this my whole life and I knew that this would happen and that seems that can be off putting. Whereas Dwight is a slightly different figure in that he just like it's he he just wants to be liked and you can feel that from him and it just makes people like. It makes you recoil. Like, do you remember like they, the the Rockets did this video where um, Clutch, you know, the mascot Clutch, like in balloon form, was like in the bowels of the arena, and as the players walk by it, it would suddenly there's like a guy in it, and it would suddenly move and like scare them. And they did this to like several players, and then Dwight is the last guy, and it's so obvious that Dwight knew that this was going to happen, and he had, like, scripted exactly, like, how he was going to react. Like, he had his phone in his hand, and he goes, like, oh, and he throws it up in the air and, like, bobbles for it and, like, does this kung fu, and it's, like, so obvious that he knew that this was going to happen. And it's just, like, come on, bro. So you You
0: (laughs) You you resent him for his clutch skit.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it just plays into like the public perception of him as a guy who's just like trying. He was so thirsty for to be perceived in a certain way that's just not, you know, it's just not going to happen.
0: All right, the five guys that uh, we're super interested in for the upcoming season. I said Jabari Parker, Gordon Hayward, Blake Griffin, Boogie Cousins, and Dwight Howard. Your five were
1: Giannis. Devin Booker, Chris Stapps Porzingis, my lord and savior, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid.
0: And last two questions because uh, there are so yeah. many that love your work on Twitter.com. Sure. Who, is, who is the dog? Who is the old man?
1: The dog, the old man? Well, the dog is my dog. That's your dog? Uh, that's Milton. That's my dog. It's my actual dog, Corgi. He's a corgi. He sheds a lot. He's very bossy. Um, he's right now. My wife's got him in the bedroom, trying to keep him from barking because he understands that I'm doing something and he would like to interrupt it. Um, what old man?
0: The, on the on the banner.
1: Oh, that's the that's come on. That's the, the maester of the Red Keep, and I, you know, photoshopped him into a mix.
0: You just put him in a jacket,
1: jacket because that combines my two two of the, my brands, the Knicks and Game of Thrones. I gave you don't up. don't know? come on. No, you got you I know. You oh, gotta, oh, I'm about gotta, to get gotta,
0: killed. I'm about to get killed. No, yeah, really. Oh, I am. No, you I am. gotta
1: at least. You gotta catch up. You gotta at least get through season three. Come on.
0: No, no. I listen. I made it all the way to where the thing starts coming out of the lady's vagina or whatever, and I was like, all right, enough of this. <laughs> That's a true story. I swear to you, that's true. That's true. What what season is that? Is that three?
1: Oh, uh, I think that's season two. Uh, no, season two, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's season two. I mean, maybe it I it, made it three.
0: I don't know. It's either the beginning of maybe it's in the middle of two or it's the beginning of three. I was on vacation. This thing started like flying out of the lady's vagina, and I was like, "All right." I don't know. Well, maybe. Maybe I'll pick it. Maybe I'll pick it back up. So forgive me for not knowing. <laughs> At least I'm being honest, right? It's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene was like a little bridge too far for me. I don't know. I didn't know what well, was going on. Like, why is there something flying out of her vagina? And I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, It's magic, man. Magic. There's magic in the world.
0: I'll Blood pick magic. I, I, you know what? I need to give it another chance. I'll just make it through that scene, and then I'll figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he is at network with a three instead of a O. Uh, Jason Concepcion, staff writer from The Ringer. Thanks to everybody for listening to our NBA show on The Ringer. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Again, thanks to Sling TV. It's officially basketball season. And it's time to ask yourself a crucial question. Where will you be watching the games? Watch them at home with Sling TV. You can watch NBA basketball on your terms, your turf. The Sling Orange service has live hoops you love on ESPN and TNT, as well as shows, sports, news more on the top networks all for 20 bucks a month get instant access to must-see games expert commentary and analysis the best of live tv all for one low monthly price no long-term contracts no hidden fees and easy online cancellation start watching for seven days free at sling.com backslash ringer nba restrictions apply